Hello, hello everyone. This is Heather. And this is Kara. And you're listening to I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. It's our podcast. So this is another special podcast that is dedicated to the reaction and our thoughts and feelings on the trailers. There's two of them for the brand new upcoming movie, Wonder Woman, 1984. Take this opportunity right now to say, if you have not seen those trailers, pause this podcast because you're going to want to go and view them right now. Because we are going to go in depth and talk at length about every detail we saw in those trailers. So you need to watch them first. Okay, welcome back. So we have two trailers for Wonder Woman 1984. Both trailers are roughly two and a half minutes long. The first trailer that we got for Wonder Woman 1984 came out in January. Last week they released the full length trailer for Wonder Woman that will be coming out in October released to theaters and to streaming in your home. Wonder Woman 1984 full trailer number two was released the same day as our new The Batman, Robert Pattinson, Batman reboot. Yes, and that makes sense because both are from DC, both are from Warner Brothers. The first Wonder Woman film came out in 2017. Yes, we saw it in the theater, and it was it's great. It is a great superhero movie. It's a great action movie. Uh, I enjoy it. So them coming out with a new chapter in the saga is expected, but also highly anticipated because I'm sure they will do an excellent job. So it's going to be great. And we can tell by these two trailers, the visuals and the cinematography of this film I'm impressed. And because it is Wonder Woman 1984, we are getting the neon. We are getting the retro vibes, the the cars, the clothes, the and music. of course, the music. Yeah, the soundtrack. Yes, I'm sure the soundtrack will be great. So I know many people are on social media commenting and asking the question of why is this film called Wonder Woman 1984? Well, I'm not wondering why it's called that. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that it is meant to be taking place during the year 1984, as you said, by evidence of the clothing and the music and the et cetera, et cetera. My question is, why is it taking place in the year 1984? Because the plotline and the storyline of this film borrows themes from the George Orwell novel, 1984. Okay. We have the themes of surveillance, of Big Brother. One of the main characters creates a program that simulates big brother uh it's called brother eye 
and it is installed on every computer and piece of technology in the world and satellites. So 1984 kind of gives us where Diana Prince is now since the conclusion of the first film. So to my memory, at the end of the first Wonder Woman movie, she's like in the basement of the Louvre as some sort of... She's a museum curator. Okay. Yes. So the second film takes place 66 years after the first film that came out. Okay. And we get introduced to not one, but two villains. We get introduced to Cheetah and Maxwell Lord. We also get to see Wonder Woman's long lost love. Well, yes. Steve Trevor. The end, uh, towards the end of the very first movie, uh, he dies, or so we were meant to believe. Correct. Because here he is. He just shows up in the trailer, and it's like, oh, okay. Don't call it a comeback. Apparently, he's been here for years, and we had no idea. Well, neither did she. Right. She seems very surprised to see him. Now, the vibe of this first trailer starts with a very peppy... 80s new wave music that underscores the entire trailer. So it's very light. It's very upbeat. So that's the vibe th- running throughout the trailer. So we are in, like we say, uh, Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig are having lunch somewhere and they start talking about past romantic relationships, which of course sets up her reminiscing about Steve Trevor, and then, surprise, surprise, he shows up. So, I don't know. So, in trailer number one, the only thing we were focusing on was Diana Prince, or Wonder Woman, is still out there fighting crime. While keeping a day job, yes. Yes. And Steve Trevor who was dead, all of a sudden shows up out of nowhere, and you're like, what? What is happening? And her reaction, like you said, is unexpected. Where did he come from? And then it shows them fighting crime crime or whatever the situation may be together. And then are we led to believe if she didn't bring him back to life, who did and right. why? What right. is the motivation? And then I appreciate the humor of taking someone who was from World War One, 1917 to 1984, and not understanding what modern art is. Spoiler alert, guys. I don't understand modern art either. <laughs> and he points out and looks at a trash can. And he's like, oh, hmm. And Diana Prince goes, Steve, that's that's just a trash can. That's not art. Oh, okay. All right. And so, and it also gave us uh, a little hint that he, his character is going to bring levity to each situation. 
I mean, he's not a stand-up comedian, laugh a minute, chuckle guy, but he's going to give you the snark. He's going to give you a smirk. He's going to give you a little side eye. He's going to, you know, bring in a little bit of humor. Which I think Chris Pine does in the majority of the films that he's in. So when we when he is playing Captain Kirk Captain Kirk in the reboot Star Trek, we get that. When you hire Chris Pine, you know that he's gonna bring that lightheartedness into the character, no matter what the storyline is. So that's how the first trailer ends, and then we had nothing for months. And then we get this new trailer that dropped and we get a bigger picture that it's not just the focus of Steve Trevor coming back to life. But now we see that Wonder Woman is going to be fighting this animal, which is Cheetah. Which is, I don't think it's a spoiler because they spell it out pretty clearly, that Kristen Rigg character is Cheetah. She is a co-worker of Diana Prince. Diana Prince at the museum or the art gallery. They're not really specific quite yet. Uh, we'll find out when we watch the movie, obviously. Um, they work They are work together. They are friendly. They go have a brunch some every now and again. Somehow, Kristen Wiig's character is turned. Her personality changes. She becomes very angry and then ha- becomes this villain of half woman, half cat. Yes. And we get introduced to the character Maxwell Lord, who is a supervillain from the original DC comics. And he is played by Pedro Pascal, who is Mando from The Mandalorian. Wow. Okay. He's working. So Maxwell Lord is a very successful, one of the richest men in the world. He is a businessman who promises his consumers and customers to grant their every wish, but at a cost. Oh. So then when I hear that, I go, oh. I remember Steve Trevor coming back and Wonder Woman being like, oh my gosh, it's Steve. Uh, How did this happen? So we're led to believe that Steve Trevor is brought back to life by Maxwell Lord because he shows up out of nowhere at this event that Maxwell Lord is speaking at. So it kind of makes me think, well, what's the catch? Why would he do this? Mm-hmm. How does he know about Steve Trevor? And they show Maxwell Lord turning something in his hands. Mm-hmm. I had to look this up. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, what's going on? How how does he have this possibility, this capability? Mm-hmm. And in the DC comics, Maxwell Lord is in the possession of something called the Chaos Shard. And the Chaos Shard is a artifact which can grant wishes. And the Chaos Shard can only be used by gods. Now, 
We know that Diana Prince is a demigod because she was sculpted by clay and brought to life by Zeus. Correct. And so it made me question, is Maxwell Lord either A, a god secretly living on Earth? Like like Eros was like in, in Eros the first was. movie. Correct. Uh, the god of war. Or he's a man using the chaos shard which is supposed to be used by a god, which means he's incapable of using it correctly. So when he grants these wishes, something is going to go horribly and terribly wrong. Okay. This reminds me of the scary story, The Monkey Paw, which I heard that story for the first time at sixth grade camp. Guys, I was terrified. Look, I'm, sh- and now that I'm thinking about it, who's to say that the t- story I heard is the same story you heard about the monkey paw? I feel like, you know, stories, uh, scary stories at a sleepaway sixth grade camp, they're open to interpretation. I'm sure there are numerous versions. The version I heard, I'm just going to make it as short as possible, involved a mill worker and a sack of flour gonna leave it at that so if you guys if you know you know so if you're like oh yeah i know what you're talking about or you're like that's not the way it goes that's just what, but basically it's what karis the whole the whole point of the monkey paw is you ask for something and it and your wish will be granted but it's at a price you yourself or someone else is gonna pay for you receiving your wish it's not good not good guys P.S. Another scary story that I was told at sixth, sixth grade sleepaway camp was called The Legend of the Taily Poe. And I don't know <laughs> if. <laughs> the name of the story was The Legend of the Taily Poe. What is that? Uh, again, I'll just, I'll just shorten it up to the very end because that's really all I can remember because I was so terrified. It's, it was some sort of creature, like a dragon or a very tiny dragon or a creature that was kind of like a chameleon and someone had eaten it or someone had tried to eat it and it chopped off its tail. That's the only thing it could get. And so the person was so hungry that they ate its tail and the creature came back because it was still alive and had not died. It could live without its tail and it came back and, and the creature wanted its tail back. So it murdered the person, but not before it ripped open their stomach and took it back while they were still alive. Is that like alien? I guess. And you guys can tell me if this is something that you have heard of at all. And the end and the end of this story is the creature saying, Taily Poe, Taily Poe, I will get back my Taily Poe. That's terrifying. Night! Guys, should I have all these lights now? You know, when we're out in the middle of the woods where there's things scratching around, which I guess is the point of scary stories. But I guess what, guys? I don't like scary stories. 
I've never liked scary stories, and that didn't help. We're One not, bit. We're not really a horror film. No. Scary no. story family. We didn't even watch, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, because guess what the answer is? Yes. The answer is yes. And so I, I don't need to watch it. Thank you. And I really don't like things jumping out at me. No. Anyway. So, anyway. So, so back to what is going to happen to Steve Trevor if yeah. he's brought back to life. If he's, in fact, brought back from the dead magically by this chaos shard and done incorrectly... Yeah, I mean, what's co- what what's going to go wrong with him being resurrected? And my other thing was exactly that. How do we know it's actually even him? Right. Is it a manifestation? Right. Is it a mirage? Is it a shapeshifter? Great question. Because in the trailer, oh, the only time we see him speak is he's just giving little quips or making observations. I didn't see him say anything that would be like only the two of them would know. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't say, oh, remember that time when and they were all alone and no one else would have the information? You know what I'm saying? Also, we see this running theme of shots of time, of clocks, of watches. So is he time traveling? Did he go through a vortex and then pop out the other side and now he shows up? Do you go through a wormhole at the end of at the, the end of the other movie? Yeah, when he possible. was up in the sky in the plane and it exploded. Oh, and then go out the other side and be Captain Kirk from Star Trek, and then he goes back into the black hole to come out the other side, and he comes back down into Wonder Woman 1984. We don't know. No, we don't. We don't. The one thing that we do know is we get a glimpse of the look at the invisible jet, which Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman are sitting in. And again, you bring up the fact that he's got his little comedic timing of the way I fly, they'll never find us. Oh, there's something called radar now that we didn't have back in the day. Will they shoot at us? Yeah, that would be a problem for someone who has just come back to life. Um, They would be concerned. For sure. Yes. For sure. We also get to see Wonder Woman's new outfit where she is the Golden Eagle, Mm. which is another piece of armory from the Mascara that Wonder Woman has to fight these epic battles. Um, So when she is ready to rage war and we see her fighting Cheetah... She is wearing the golden eagle outfit, which I appreciate that she is now given a proper uniform to go into battle with instead of a miniskirt. She has a full chest plate, she has a helmet, and she has pants. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. And again, very visually appealing that it is bright, it is shiny, it is gold, and it's going to make all those bullets bounce off. It's going to be great. My next question is, I know that Wonder Woman is in Justice League. She is in Batman versus Superman. And she is also in 
the new Justice League, Justice League number two, um, I'm wondering where Wonder Woman 1984 fits in that timeline. Mm. Because we can obviously tell that Wonder Woman or Diana Prince does not age. No. Because 1917, she's roughly 30 years old. Fast forward to this film, 1984. Looks exactly the same. And they even comment on that in the trailer that she hasn't changed. Hasn't changed in 60 years. And then also Steve Trevor is the same age as well. I, on the second trailer, I looked, tried to look a little harder. And I feel as though, and I could be wrong. I feel as though they put in a little gray in his hair. Which I'm not 100% sure on, but that's what I think I saw. Which makes you believe that he... But his face has not. His body has not. But I felt like they put a little gray in his hair. Like like they would if, like, someone gets electrocuted. You know what I mean? They, like, put, like, a white streak in their hair. That's what I thought I saw. His face and his body looked the same age. But I felt like they put a little dust stain in his hair. I don't know. We don't know why yet. So do you think that he got brought back to life or went through that wormhole like 30 years after 1917? Because he's roughly 30 years old when he perishes in the first yeah, film. Like yeah. And like, if it was a if it was a direct transport, right. go in one side out the other, he would be exactly the same age. Yeah. I so I know. I feel like he looks exactly the same except for the hair. Like if he had grabbed onto a live wire and had a shock and they're like, Oh, we're gonna demonstrate that by putting a white streak through his hair. That's just what I saw. I could be completely wrong. And he's he's but that's also what I see. really well adjusted for someone who died in 1917 and all of a sudden is brought back to life in 1984. If you've seen the original Avenger Captain America number one film, Steve Rogers is freaked out when he gets transported 40 years into the future from World War II to modern day it is quite shocking for the new world that he lives in and there's a adjustment period where here it shows that steve trevor has adjusted very fast except for fashion or art right and again that could just be what they they only have so much time in a trailer but and we'll see when the movie comes out but I feel like if they, when they first are reunited and within the first five minutes, if not less, of seeing each other, if they don't say what happened and if he doesn't say what happened to him, I'm just going to be like, we're just supposed to go along with this that he doesn't explain himself. I mean, they have to, right? That can't be a mystery for long, I wouldn't think. But, I, but that's fine. They can save that for the movie. But I'm just like, they better explain pretty quick. Because otherwise, if if someone I hadn't seen in 60 years that I thought was dead and just shows up looking exactly the same, and I'd be like, 
of course, my first reaction would be very excited to see that. But then I'd be like, what explanation, please? If they go, oh, all in good time. I'd be like, no, you're a demon. Get away from me. Don't come near me until you have answers. Sorry. Sorry. Because why wouldn't you explain yourself? I'll forget that. P.S. By the way, in the in the trailer, he does not say all in good time. I just made that up. I'm just saying. He I'm d- just saying. He does have the question of parachute pants. Does everyone parachute now? It's cute. It's great. With the fanny pack. I love yeah. it. It's good stuff. So we see like the world is being destroyed or especially the u.s is going to hell in a handbasket and so well it looks like that she has a fight scene in the white house yes that looks like it so are we so are we fighting the president are we fighting maxwell lord is maxwell lord the president so when we saw the trailer i thought the villain is the president that's what it looked like to me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if it makes sense, that's why she's inside the White House and if, fighting. And if but he, I don't know. And if he's in charge of this program that's on every single piece of technology in the world, but and if he's you're trying the to take over the world. But if you're the president, you're not supposed to have a business. You're supposed to give that up when you take the office of the presidency. So I just don't think that would match up. Absolute so, power. I I guess. I don't, yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the power struggle is. Is it a new war? Is it just the dystopian society that's created by all these people getting their ultimate wishes granted? And because it's that chaos shard is used incorrectly all hell breaks loose Mm -hmm. and is it just everything going wrong or is it because of the technology what's happening here there's a lot there's a lot well again it's the trailer so yes you have to give them forgiveness for that because that's what a a trailer is supposed to do Really, what a trailer is supposed to do is evoke emotion and excitement for you to go see the film. So, on that note, I think they have done their job. So, the other thing that I felt watching it is I felt that the Kristen Wiig character was very much reminiscent of the Jim Carrey, Edward Nigma character from the Val Kilmer Batman, where Edward Nigma is creating this device, this glowing green device that when you put it on someone's head, you can read their thoughts and their innermost fears and fantasies. I don't remember what that machine was called. Um, but that, and then when Bruce Wayne cans the idea and says it's too dangerous. It raises too many questions. Too many questions. And then, of course, Edward Nigma Riddle me this. Goes nutso and makes the machine anyway bigger and better than ever. And then, of course, that leads to a whole other bunch of things. But I don't know. What do you think? Did you get that vibe at all? Well, telling by her wearing glasses and being in a lab 
I think that she is smart and that she is funny and it shows her listening to Maxwell Lord's speech about what you want or what you desire you can have. So based on the Wonder Woman comics and lore that apparently she is wanted what Diana Prince has. So I guess to be strong and be godlike and to be again Edward Nigma. He's abs the Jim Carrey Val Kilmer. It, he's absolutely and completely obsessed with Bruce Wayne. And when he is having the party to launch his green machine, I'm so sorry, I don't remember what it's called. I'm sure you guys are screaming what it is right now. When they're having the, the launch party and Val Kilmer, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, shows up, they stand next to each other and Jim Carrey's Edward Nigma is wearing the exact same tuxedo, has his hair styled the exact same way, and even has a fake mole on his chin or his neck the exact same way Val Kilmer does. And Jim Carrey, Edward Nigma keeps saying to his date, Drew Barrymore, who's all dressed up all pretty, he keeps saying, how's my mole? Is my mole okay? Does it look okay? Does it look just like his? Does it look just like Bruce? He's obsessed. And that's before he even knows that he's Batman, which also makes me wonder, does the Kristen Wiig character even know that the Gal Gadot character, Diana Prince, has this alter ego? I, I say she doesn't. Which kind of blows my mind because Diana Prince and Wonder Woman have, neither of them have any kind of face covering other than Wonder Woman having a headband that she wears. Diana Prince doesn't have a headband that she wears. Yeah. They're both the most beautiful Amazon woman that's ever walked the planet. You don't put the two together. You think that there are two separate beings that look like that? I don't think so. And if she's supposed to be so smart, <laughs> you would know that she's the same person. Well, maybe that maybe they will explain in the film that no one's ever seen Wonder Woman in the fact that she's so fast, the only people that see her are the criminals and they get punched in the face and lose their memory. Is that part of it? I don't know. And to that point, in the trailer, it shows Wonder Woman throwing her crown like a boomerang, taking out all the cameras. Okay, see? And does that go along with the plot line that Maxwell Lord created this cyber spying thing and that do the cameras have something to do with that? And to your point that maybe the world doesn't know about Wonder Woman in general. Right. Or, and she is actively trying to keep that under wraps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be another reason that she begets that because she wouldn't want cameras everywhere because if cameras are everywhere, she can't do her crime fighting job in an anonymity any longer. Like I said, I think they did a great job on the trailer because we our, in, our interest is peaked. We're excited to see it and we have a lot of questions. 
that need answering. And how are they going to be answered? By going and seeing the film. Job well done. Wonder Woman 1984 is the new slotted release date is October. And it will be released in theaters and straight to digital. I will watch it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that the Golden Eagle version of her costume is going to be everywhere at Comic-Con in the future. It looks amazing. I know that I was Wonder Woman for Comic-Con one year. Yes. And last year we saw a whole group of Amazon women from the Mascara. And those women were so fierce. Oh, and they were tall, too. It was great. They were tall. They were ripped. Wonder Woman is always a great costume. And what I love about it is there's so many different reversions of Wonder Woman that you can be. Um, so adding this Golden Eagle costume is really great. Um, because it's just one more thing that you can be. And I think it's really awesome. you got to have the golden lasso. The lasso of truth. That's right. Wonder Woman 1984. Go see it for the costume. Go see it for the comic relief of Chris Pine. Go see the it for Kristen Wiig getting to be turned into a real-life cheetah. Or go for the music. Go for the soundtrack. Go for the throwback. Everybody loves a throwback Thursday. It better come out on a Thursday or I will be greatly disappointed. <laughs> what about Flashback Friday? No. What about Scrapbook Saturday? No. Way back Wednesday? Maybe. Okay. Because that come that music comes out a day <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Time travel. Nice, nice. Hopefully all of our questions will be answered with this new installment, Wonder Woman 1984. And again, if you liked and enjoyed our podcast about new trailers. And always joining us about our free-flowing thoughts about pop culture. Like and subscribe to... I'm not complaining. I'm just asking.